Yeah, I think I can start us off at the okay. very least. I, could, I, I know I can say things that'll make you angry and want to counter me. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, that's all I mean, that really, matters, right? <laughs> right. That's what it is. Like, I, I'll just use a trigger word like battle pass or loot box. And <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. Not good, it's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Horrible gaming podcast. Hello, my name is Zachariah with Old Man Gaming. You have decided to tune into a horrible gaming podcast for whatever reason. Uh, but we're happy you did. Uh, we're in episode 53. Uh, we, are, we are phoning it in now. We're, we're over, in a, over a year. <laughs> um, so with me is... Neil, a.k.a. Tiny Wizard. Uh, and as usual, we've got to do our disclaimers. Um, you know, I've got a kid sitting behind me on a tablet. Uh, I am... A house dad, so there is possibility that the quality of this will not be exceptional. Horrible's in the name, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and then, of course, some credits. We'd like to thank Mark Bell for all the original graphics that he has provided for this show and all of our shows here at Old Man Gaming. And then, big thanks to my brother, Nick Van Siders, who has provided us with the theme song to this show and the theme songs for all of our shows. Uh, and one day we're going to push out, push him to actually release an album with us. So thank you to him for that. Horrible Gaming Podcast. That brings us to Fanteraction, uh, probably our favorite segment. Uh, at this point, we talk to you guys, the fans, anybody who has commented uh, in the YouTube or the Discord. Uh, we try and read out your comments, um, you know, within reason, but we try and read them all out. We also decide the Horrible Arena winner based on your comments from last week. And, you know, we ask a question to you guys just to, you know, keep the conversation going. Uh, so let's, uh, let's get this sucker going right off the bat. Uh, 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 Phil Billy starting us off this time instead of Kev Too Tall. Uh, I detest Brie Larson. <laughs> I, we were talking about Brie Larson uh, potentially playing Samus. Uh, if you want to hear Phil Billy rant about something for just just loudly and more militantly than you, you think is necessary, ask him about Brie Larson. It's like a trigger. <laughs> it's a trigger word for him. Uh, I love you, Phil Billy, but it is. Uh, then uh, Kev Too Tall chimed in on the same subject no Bree cannot be samus i won't allow it i'm i'm nervous as what that entails um <laughs> kev Dutal then says prices are going to be over 500 dollars. this is why you have waited so long to reveal the price you might be right kev but uh you're wrong uh xbox series x is not going to be over 500 dollars. i'm telling you it's just not i don't think so uh, i could be wrong i could be completely wrong but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, Neil would be happy if you're right because, well, he'd be both happy and ha unhappy, I'm assuming. I, yeah, I would be both happy and He unhappy. would not have to buy me a dinner, but he free would have food, to find... 
free food is always good, but I mean, I, yeah, it's just, it would just be a sad state. Well, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole on this, but if they waited this long to give us prices that are over $500, uh, I think people would be even more upset. I think the the higher the price that they end up telling us, the earlier they should have told us. And I think that's going to be the feeling. Uh, Kev Tutal then says, I am the interaction with a little sunglasses emoticon. I don't know. Phil Billy was challenging you this week there, Kev. Uh, because then Phil Billy comes in with, unfortunately, I feel PlayStation is winning. That was the question we asked last week. Is PlayStation or Xbox winning? Uh, which do you think, Neil? I have to say it's still definitely Sony. Sony is definitely in the lead. Microsoft has made too many mistakes in this lead up so far. And Sony's just come out swinging every single time. I mean, uh, So I'm going to say Sony is, uh, Sony is in the lead. But I'm going to challenge you on the fact that they've come out swinging every single time. They've come out swinging the one time. One time. That's fair. And That's every, fair. every time before that, they actually miffed it. Like, if, if we were having this conversation three months ago, we'd be having a completely different conversation because Xbox was dominating, especially after Sony's silly, like, uh, well, it's not as big, but it's still good conference with Mark Cerny sitting up there talking to a bunch of fake people. Um, what I what I would say in response to that is uh, uh, Microsoft was winning because there was a lack of information from Sony. And they did they did come out and have that developer talk, which again we we can all agree was just bad. It it was bad. It gave us the information that we were wanting, but not in a way that we wanted it. But then again, when Sony did come out and have their one big show, Microsoft had one before it and one more after it, and they still haven't been able to shake that influence of Sony's one show. So this is kind of a theory in my, uh, my opinion. I this think is a tinfoil theory. It's not a tinfoil thing. Oh, okay. Uh, I personally believe that the only reason Sony is actually ahead is because Sony was so far ahead in the last generation. Because I, I still think if you really look at everything both companies have showed us, Xbox is the clear winner in my opinion, but I think Sony is winning and I think they're winning because they won so well last week, last time. I think that they are kind of, uh, they're winning, but they don't need to take as many big shots because they've, they're so far ahead. And uh, that, that's, that's my biggest problem with it right now. And, and Xbox has definitely miffed the last two shows. There's no argument. You can go back and look at our responses to the last two shows. We're very negative. I'm not saying they're not screwing up. But I think Xbox has to play a perfect game. Sony has to hit one or two shots. True. And, uh, and I think that that's one. the reason they're ahead, which I think is a little unfair. But, you know, life isn't fair. So, um, okay. So back to uh, the comments. Kev Tutal says, Halo Infinite says it all halo forever constantly sucking our money into the microsoft coffers i mean yes I, and i know phil Billy's out there nodding with you because uh of money but at the same time i'd rather it be that way i just would i just would rather have that i mean Ra- i was rather I have was... a con- constant experience uh for a little bit cheaper every now and then than buy a full 60 dollar game that i'm done with in two weeks 
I mean, I was going to bring it up in the odds and ends later, but since we're kind of on the topic anyway, they did come out and say that the multiplayer is going to be like a free-to-play standalone thing. You were going to steal one of my odds and ends. Awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they're going to have a battle pass too, which is going to take the form of all the other battle passes that we've seen out there. So hey, like man. I, Again, like I'm, I'm doing the knee jerk. I'm doing the knee jerk cringe stuff, but like, Look. this is this is like one of my favorite game series out there. So like, I, no matter what BS they come up with, I'm still gonna give it a shot. But I'm just so nervous. I just they they have to knock it out of the park. The thing is, and I'm not speaking specifically to you on this. I'm speaking to the rest of the world. But the world wanted a battle pass. I've I've started to see people get very negative on battle passes as of late, and it's uh, kind of pissing me off a little bit. Like, like everybody had a problem with loot boxes, so all these companies switched to battle passes, and everybody was happy with that. And now everybody's turning on the battle pass. Look, we chose this. Like. We did. We chose this. This the, we collectively, as a group, were like, we're all right with the battle passes, and the companies were like, okay, we're gonna put battle passes in everything. We can't now be upset about battle passes. But at the same time, can you call it a choice when that's the only option offered to us? Uh, I feel as though if I feel as though if they went with battle passes right after the loot boxes, and everybody had rejected it as hard as they rejected the loot boxes, they would have found a different thing. The thing is, is there's going to be a thing. There's going to be a thing. Like a True. thing that makes them money post-launch. That's not going away. We all understand how the world works. That's going to be there. But Battle Pass, everybody was like, we're all right with that. It's not loot boxes. We're okay with it. You can't then, then decide that you don't like them. You know what I mean? If, if we had all rejected it just as hard when it came out, they would have found something else. I mean, they're going to find a thing, don't get me wrong, but they would have found a different way to do it, you know? I mean, I'd, per, I'd still prefer to pay $80 for a game to no. not have to worry about any sort of loot boxing. I want the game crap. as cheap as humanly possible, as cheap as humanly possible in the initial onset. Like, I, I do. I, I'm, I'm completely opposite on that. I don't want $80 games because then you're going to be paying $80 for games with stories that have like four hours, like Halo. Halo games usually aren't that big. I would never pay $80 for a Halo storyline, ever. It's, it's the size of a movie. There's no way. Like, right. I, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. But using the, the same logic of, you know, getting as much as you can out of your investment, that multiplayer is there. And I've still, Halo 5's multiplayer, I don't know why people didn't like it. I enjoyed it. And I still go back to it now, five years later. It's and you're getting that, that multiplayer I, for free. Well, I'm saying like, multiplayer for free. I'm, well, what I'm saying though is I've already spent the money on the game. I like I bought Halo Five. I didn't get it through Game Pass. Right, right. I bought Halo Five as a full retail game, sixty dollars, and I'm still coming back to that one game. Now, if it's a single narrative game, of course, that's going to be that argument that's going to come up no matter what. But right. like, if you have your multiplayer in like as a part of the game, I would totally be okay spending $80 on a multiplayer game to just earn the stuff in game instead of mm. loot boxy okay. and stuff like that. Like Halo Reach, I loved it. You played the multiplayer, you got credits, you saved your credits, and then you bought whatever customization stuff you wanted. I wish we would go back to that. 
we're going to go down a rabbit hole on this. Yeah, we gotta, I was, we gotta, I was we're, we're not even in a talking point yet. We got to get through <laughs> fan interaction because I was immediately coming up with a counter and then I'm like, no, no, this is not going to work out. Uh, okay, so continuing. Uh, forever the game looked like Halo. Uh, that is what mattered. Uh, if I wanted pretty and shiny, I would go look at Anthem, says Kev Tutal. I hate to tell you, Kev. <laughs> Anthem doesn't actually look that good once you start playing it, which was a real bummer for me. But I refuse to give up on Anthem. Um, then Kev goes, uh, I, don't, I don't know who gets my money first. Uh, you both would get it in the end this week. Uh, he said about Horrible Arena. Then later he says, I'm voting Zach because I liked his story for the game just a tad better. Uh, so I guess I would be getting my money first, his money first. And Phil Billy voted... On Discord, thank you for voting on Discord. Uh, remember, we read them out on Discord as well. Uh, he said, my vote for Horrible Arena this week is tough. I really like both games pitched, but I feel I'm going to go with Niels only because I am a side-scroll beat-em-up. I'm not a side-scroll beat-em-up guy. And that's fair. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. However, that brings us into a tie, and I do believe Neil. Last week, right off the bat, you said you would give me your vote. So Absolutely. I must ask, do I, do I get the win this I week? I would say that you do get the win, yes. I, that's, that's a real vote. That's real fake money that I threw down on a real fake counter to buy a real <laughs> fake game. I don't know. I, if I had lost on uh, Sewers of Rage, I think I would have, uh, would have had to retire. Um, so then, uh, then Phil Billy went into a big old tangent, which we're going to read. So here we go. I truly believe that Microsoft has finally realized, unfortunately, that the good guy never wins. Unfortunately, I think their actions are giving a really bad look. The reason I believe this is that Sony has never even tried to be the good guy. They have always remained cocky and unwavering. So we, know, so we knew that's what we were getting where Microsoft tried to do the consumer-friendly thing. And I believe they realized it was going to cause them to lose, causing them to backpedal, which is a bad look. I think it is unfortunate that, uh, I think it is unfortunate that the world we are in kind of sticks, to the good, uh, sticks it to the good guys uh, don't win, even in the industry. Uh, I'm... Ugh, I'm sorry. I totally botched that sentence. Let me try it again. <laughs> sorry, Phil <laughs> Billy. I think it is unfortunate that the world we live in kind of sticks it to the good guys. Uh, don't win, which even in the industry I'm in, took me time to learn, which is why people who don't truly know me probably think I'm a dick. Laugh out loud. Uh, well, we don't think you're a dick, Phil Billy, uh, for the most part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I don't think you're a dick. No, he's, he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. Um, I, I kind of agree with him a little bit on this uh, with the way that the show was presented. He's speaking directly about us talking about how all of a sudden, when we were talking about the showcase, how all of a sudden now there's console launch exclusives being showed uh, that you can't play anywhere, and then they discontinued the Xbox One X. Uh, that's what he's talking about directly. And I, I hate to say it, I kind of agree with him. I, I don't know if necessarily the reasoning behind it is they think the good guy's going to lose, but I think that they've definitely done this like 
like a like a soft 180 on their stance of play anywhere and that's really pissing me off and it does make them look bad because if you're in a chicken match and you blink you're the idiot you know right uh and then finally kept too tall said uh, he was voting for zach oh no i already read that so that is fan traction for this week uh we should probably ask a question uh yeah uh, I think I asked should. it last week and I am thoroughly unprepared in that <laughs> regard. Um, you know what? I heard, uh, I actually heard that they're going to be adapting apparently a bunch of Ubisoft game properties into <clears throat> TV shows. Oh. I, I only saw it once, but I don't know how, how legit it is, but, uh, just segueing that into something what you know what would make a good tv show what game would make a what good game TV would show? make a good tv show it's a good one all right guys you've got your question we'd love to hear from you guys and as usual comment in all the places uh and we will try and read them out on the show horrible gaming podcast all right so that brings us to our first talking point which we kind of started to get into uh in the fan interaction uh, but we want to talk about this. This is big news coming out of Xbox about their signature franchise. Their multiplayer suite for Halo will be free to play with a battle pass. Um, so we've already started to go into this a little bit, thanks to the fans' reaction. Um, and I, I want to go into this a little bit harder with you, Neil, because I – don't agree with you at all that paying for a game so if you're paying for a game that's just multiplayer i don't think it should cost money period i i don't if you if you're getting a game that is just a multiplayer suite no story content no ai nothing it should be free to play now and i think we're in the we are in uh in the age that we are in i think that is the only way it should be it's the same thing with that uh Rocket Arena came out and it's $30. No, it should not be $30. You should uh, have a battle pass. It should be free to play. That's the way it should be. Uh, so actually, with Halo, oh, sorry, hold on. I'm not quite there yet. And then well, you no, can argue with everything Arena. I say. No, it was the Rocket Arena thing. I actually just saw something that they were giving it away for free. No, it was a free weekend. weekend. Yeah, okay. I was just about to say, I don't know if it's a free weekend. I wanted to try it, but they, of course, picked a weekend in which I am moving my entire house. I just could not manage it. Right. Um, But continue. uh, But no, uh, so, and Halo, and I know everybody's out there like, Halo has a story. Halo has a two, three hour, like, it's it's a little story, and it's a good story. I'm not saying it's a bad story at all. But people play Halo for the multiplayer. They do. It is a call. It's a space Call of Duty, and it should be free. And I'm glad it's free. So with a battle pass. <laughs> I mean, well, I I'm not saying that the multiplayer is should be like if you're getting a game that's strictly multiplayer that you should have to pay for it. That's not okay. what I'm arguing. I'm arguing the fact that you have a game that has traditionally included multiplayer as part of the core experience. Right. You're going to hack that part off, throw it into the free to play and then start charging money for it. I mean, it looks like just a bad cash grab to me. Um, I mean, 
it, how does something, something being free to play be a cash grab to you? It's a cash grab because it has been traditionally included with the full purchase of the game. I mean, if it was just like, if we like two years ago, it like, hey, we don't have a new Halo game out, but here's, here's Halo such and such, the, the free-to-play online multiplayer. That's totally different. That's totally fine. That's okay. its own little thing. But when you have every single traditional release of the game has come with the campaign mode, and then the multiplayer mode. Okay. You're going to hack that multiplayer mode off and keep it totally separate from the core game. You're going to have the core game just be the shooter story part of it, and then you're just going to throw, you know, battle pass, uh, free-to-play economy on top of the part of the game that would have existed primarily without that in the first place as a part of the core game. I, I think that that's a bad look, and that, to me, screams greedy cash grab. I mean, we even in Halo 5, they had the multiplayer that was included with Halo 5, but they started to throw those, the, the loot boxy things into it to where you could buy your, your rec packs that had like 10 things in them and it was always a crapshoot if it was something that was actually worth your while. See, that's like the that. crash grab though. That's the well, cash grab. It. And I hate that I'm too. sorry to interrupt, but, but that's the cash grab. You paid $60 <clears throat> for the multiplayer and then you had to pay for loot boxes too that's the cash grab and the, that is that but, i won't but i won't they're at least giving you for free the game is at least for free like you can play the game for i can pick it up and play the game for free without spending any money on halo that's good that's a good thing yeah they're gonna needle you with costs later on and i know there are a lot of people who don't like that and i get it but at the same time, I don't get it because it's the same thing with Call of Duty. I could pick that up. I could play that Battle Royale for free. And I don't ever have to buy anything, which often I don't. So, like, I don't understand how it being a free-to-play is a cash grab. Like, yeah, the, the, the stuff they're going to tack onto it is a cash grab, but they were going to tack that onto it whether they gave it to you for free or not. At least they're giving it to you for free to start. See, I am... I am still much rooted in the, the when a game comes out on that disc, you have your multiplayer and you have your campaign as a part of the complete experience. The multiplayer for Halo is now going to be a separate experience entirely from the campaign of Halo, which is okay, but why are you launching them at the same time? I don't understand why you're doing it that way. Plus, we're already going to be getting, like, I'm not, I mean, I am spending money technically, but I will be getting Halo Infinite on Game Pass when it comes out. So I'm already shelling out 15 bucks a month for Ultimate for you guys to get the games as it is. And then you're going to tack on the part that I was already paying for anyways, the multiplayer that was supposed to be originally, as it's been in the past, a part of the complete Halo experience. You're just cutting that off, throwing it off to the side and saying, okay, well, this is free to play now and you can, you know, just jump in it whenever. I think the accessibility of a free to play game is great. I, I have no problem with the free to play economy if it is not originally part of something that it was before. So something like, jeez, uh, uh, like Fortnite. Fortnite, you pay exactly $0 to download and play that game. 
you can go ahead, play the game all you want. You don't have to spend one red cent on it. And if you do decide to put money for it, that's okay because it was free in the first place. But Fortnite was not originally part of some other thing. I mean, granted, it that is not true. Holy, not true. Fortnite was originally a story based building game that actually costed money. It was $30 in early, early access. They tacked on that Battle Royale because of PUBG's success, and it got big, and everybody forgot about this, and they, they made it a different mode inside Fortnite, but it was exactly this. Exactly. Right, this. And, that's, and that's what I was getting into, but at the same time, do you think if Fortnite was just Fortnite saves the world, that thing, do you think it would have rose to the meteoric prop popularity that it has i don't think it would have and the free to play has definitely helped that out okay but there are other games out there like again like call of duty the call of duty uh battle royale was mm -hmm. originally part of the game that you paid for and then they hacked it off and put it off to the side to say hey this is free to play now right. like i don't i don't like that sort of stuff if i've if that's the case, then if they want to start doing that, then make these games with campaigns $30 as opposed to like the $50, $60 if you're going to start hacking it off. Because if we want to go down this road, we may as well just pay full-on subscriptions to individual games. Oh, don't even say that. That You're going to get into some trouble. That Here's the thing. Here's the thing. While... I will agree with you on the price of the campaign. First of all, we don't know how big Halo Infinite's story campaign is going to be this time around True. because it's going to be open world, so we know it's going to be a much bigger campaign than it has been in the past, obviously. Right. There's going to be a lot of stuff to do to a lot of stuff to drive around and accomplish. It's going to be more akin to like a Far Cry than like what it – what it was in the past, which was more like a Call of Duty story, which was just like a two-hour, three-hour thing. Um, I don't disagree with you that if you're going to cut off the multiplayer, the thing that everybody does, and make that you know uh, free, that the story should cost less. I'm not arguing with that, especially with the games that are cut down. Like Call of Duty stories, what, like three hours long? It's like an action movie. Three, four hours long. I yeah, honestly that, never played through a campaign. I should never have to pay zombies. $60 for that. Like, no one should have to pay $60 just for a campaign for Call of Duty. I'm, I'm not arguing that at all. And people who pick up Call of Duty definitely pick it up for the multiplayer suite. Um, that being said, though, I it's still free. You still get a whole section of it free that most people just play – that's what they play the game for. I, I, I have no problems with them hacking off a piece of Halo and putting it up for free. None. Because that gets more players in. It gets more players into the ecosystem. More players can just try it. On top of that, I can play it with you. I would never, ever, ever, ever shell out $60, $70, $80 for a Halo game. Now, when you get Halo, I can actually try the multiplayer with you. I, that wouldn't have happened before well i mean you have game pass though so you would have been able to if it was included that's that's the other okay part okay of that i don't understand i see what you're saying but i'm trying to look at it from like uh, everybody's point of view like yeah and that's and it, it there is something to be said for those who have always been curious about halo but don't want to spend 
money on it. But I feel like it is more so the cash grab and jumping on the trend of free to play online multiplayers to to squeeze money out of people. Like I, as a person who squeeze money out of people, they already did that with the last one and it was a $60 full thing and they still did it. They were, they're going to squeeze money out of us. That is going to happen. At least we get a portion of it for free this time. Like, the cash grab thing was going to happen. They were going to do that. Like every company is going to do that from here on out forever in video games because that's what we spend our money on. And we, we vote with our money and we have voted, unfortunately, for battle passes and loot boxes and content like that. It's going to so, happen. So, you, so I would rather get the, the thing for free and then be, be allowed to say, I don't want to spend money for that. I just want to play this part and get it for free, then spend $60 and still have that shit over there. True. But then I think of something like if we take this same exact logic and apply it to something like Madden. Okay. Madden has its, its seasons, it's, it's full campaign, this, that, and the other thing. What if we hacked off the multiplayer for Madden and just made that free and instead of making making it an annualized series in that regard, you just update the multiplayer every single year and just do the free-to-play Madden and then have the game, you know, the, the main story, main game that you would purchase for $60 every single year still be that way. Like, I don't, I don't think that I, – I think it would be the same sort of thing. It's like, why are we hacking off pieces of the game that was originally included in the whole game and making it its own separate free-to-play thing. I mean, Madden's I mean, are, a completely the, different thing. I don't think Madden should have a story, first of all. I, I know a I'll lot agree of people there. into that. Yeah. I think it should have a season mode, a franchise mode, and then multiplayer. So personally, I think Madden should have done that years ago. They should have just gone free-to-play, and they should just have you pay to update the, uh, update the rosters every year when they get them done. And then that's it. And then when you need a new engine, you put a new engine in. Those guys build an entire game from ground up every year. It's insane and it's stupid. Especially yeah. nowadays in the current industry and, and marketing where, where everybody chooses this stuff on a regular basis. This is what people are playing. And as much as we complain about it on the internet, we give the money to, to make the companies want to do this more. Like, I don't understand why Madden hasn't done that. Right. And honestly, like they could make more money that way. And if they're looking from that making money standpoint, that's great. But eventually at some point, somebody is going to be, is going to be like myself to be like, Hey, wait a second. This used to be part of the game as it was before, but now you're going to hack it off, make it free and still charge me the same amount for the other game. Like I would be having a totally different feeling about this if Halo came out, the new Halo came out, and you say, hey, you know what? It's only going to be even $45. We're going to charge $45 for your base game. Maybe throw in like a little itty bit of like a DLC pack that goes towards the free-to-play version of the multiplayer. That would be okay. But if you're going to start just taking pieces off of an established thing and charging more, it's almost following the same sort of logic as how we've transitioned to DLC. 
DL games used to have, they used to be done, set, ready to go, out the door. And then if it did well, okay, we're going to plan some DLC. We're going to make some DLC. That's the thing. But now they're being designed in such a way. It's like, okay, so the game is done, but we're also simultaneously building this, 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 and this to be part of it afterwards. Well, this, you're already making it now. Why don't you just put it in the game? It's a cash grab. That's just the way that I look at it. And it, that, it might just be me, but I know I'm not alone in this thought process. I don't think you're alone. I, I really don't. And I, and I think everybody's got a point of view. I know you and I are arguing about it right now, but I mean, right. I respect your point of view. I, I see what you're saying on making that cheaper. I get that. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't be upset when somebody offers me something for free. As, like, I just, I just can't. I, and I understand that probably the, the monetization part of it is the goal, but like they were, they're going to do that anyway. Every company is going to do that anyway. Um, and, and the hacking the parts off of it, I, I will say this. I agree with you on the level of the base game should be cheaper. Like, like, Unless, unless it's really big, you know, like if, if the base game of Halo Infinite is Skyrim level, okay, right. but like, because we don't know, but like it, if you take the Call of Duty, uh, the Call of Duty example, that game should only be like $30 now, like for the campaign, right. you know, um, but yeah, um, there was something else I wanted to add. And my kid came over and just started screaming Paw Patrol at me. So it was very hard. <laughs> it was very hard to concentrate on what you were saying and what I was thinking and her at the same time. It was, it definitely derailed my argument uh, almost completely and totally. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think you're alone on your thinking. I think, though, that it's antiquated in some ways. I think every game should go this is going to go this route this is what we're looking at this is the future we are going to be looking at free-to-play games with monetizations on the back end and as far as dlc i agree with you it used to be it was done and then if it was really popular they would do another dlc for it and then you could pay for that and that would be extra stuff that you got for your game um i don't like when they make a game to be that's not finished unless you buy the DLC. I hate that. Yeah. I, if like I, I, my thought process on this too is if they were so, if they're so proud and so, you know, secure in this line of reasoning and that they're going to make the multiplayer free to play, why did this not come out at their conference? Uh, I don't know Halo in the first place I don't because know. that was the one thing everybody's like well what about multiplayer what about multiplayer Halo's based around like one of the tent poles of Halo is the multiplayer, multiplayer. If not the center tent pole is multiplayer it, it actually caused a lot of negative rumors too right and now we're we're already you know there's there are so many rumors and thoughts swirling around and now we're you and I are having this conversation mm -hmm. now like if they think that if they thought that this was such a good thing, such a fantastic thing, and this is the future of Halo and how we want to do the franchise, well, it took them 
absolutely nothing but responding to a rumor. Why didn't they just tack on an extra five-minute thing and say, and I'm sure you're wondering about the multiplayer. Well, we have an announcement. The multiplayer is going to be free to play at launch, and anyone can access it. Like, I, I personally agree with you. I think that would have been a bigger win for them, too, than what they got. Uh, and, and I know you would have been upset, but at the same time, like, I think if they had just come out with that in the showcase, uh, that would have been a big, like bomb drop moment, you know, and they, not only did they flub that moment, but now it looks like they're trying to like sneak it in, which is really weird because I'm sure that there are people out there that are very happy about this. I, me being one of them, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's very weird. It's very day, weird how they handled it. I, I completely it, agree with that. It really is. And like at the end of the day for all my endless whining <laughs> about it, like I, I'm gonna play it. And that's, yeah, that's the thing. And I, like I said before, it's like, we're going to find out if I can really get down with a games to service game, because like, this is, this is it. Like the halo is one of the, the only multiplayer you know, thing that I go back to on a very regular basis. It's about the only multiplayer that I actually play, honestly. Right. Uh, so, like, if they can't nail this, I'm just, I don't know, doomed to be stuck in obscurity as an old man in the corner. I was about to say, you're going to have to find some new games there, man. I mean, <laughs> uh, well, I, I honestly, there's, it's a real concern for me that if it keeps, if, if, everything keeps transitioning the way that it is and the single player story format, which I don't think is going away for a very long time. No, neither do I. But if let's, let's say just put an arbitrary time on it. Let's say 15 years from now, they're like, well, everything now is going to be an online service and your story unfolds through online world building with other people. Like I, I don't think that I'd play games anymore. I would be stuck in a time. I, I honestly, truly, and honestly, I would be stuck in a time capsule with my my PlayStation Five, uh, Series X, and Switch Two that came out in twenty twenty two or something like that. And I would never play a new game. Oh, well, Nintendo's never gonna do it. You'll, you you're like they'll always keep doing it the way they've been doing it. I, yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see where the podcast is. <laughs> At that moment, I, I think that everything's going that way. I think everything is going to be a, 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 a live uh, game eventually, even if it's not about the multiplayer, just because for ease of access for the developers to continue to update it and patch it and stuff. Like it, it's going right. to get to a point where everything is basically always online. It's going to get to a point where all the multiplayers are basically free to play with battle passes. And that's just gonna, that's the world we're living in. Like, that's, that's what it's transitioning to. Like, everybody's worried about the price of overall games going up. I'm like, there ain't gonna be a price for overall games. We're not gonna know what that is in five years. It's gonna be, well, this one's a subscription. Uh, this one's free to play. This one's a full price game. Uh, this one's like a half price game. Uh, this one you pay in installments. Like, that's, that's what it's gonna be. It's gonna become the Wild West all over again. Oh, God. It is. I mean, just look at, just look at the trend I mean, right now. Yeah. And they're, they're being so experimental because this industry has just like blossomed in the last 10 years. And now they're making all this money and they don't quite know how to like, you know what I mean? Like this is the part where everybody's going to be building this industry from years to come. Like what we're seeing now is going to make it what 
the car industry is now for, for us. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. The future of people. Like, that's what we're seeing. This is, this is a wild west. So we're, everything's going to get tried until they find what, they, what works best for consumers uh, and creators alike. So, um, but well, I, I think we need to move on. Yeah, uh, we pretty much uh, beat we that are dead de- horse as long as we could. And- <laughs> we started negative. We're going to go positive from here on out, I think, maybe. Who knows? Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right. So our next talking point, um, we keep making the mistake of covering Anthem on this podcast. And uh, that's not going to change because uh, myself – wants that game to be good so bad um and it's just never been good (laughs) so we got some news neil recently you actually posted it to discord uh if i can find it through the meme hell that has turned into our lounge yes i Um, noticed that that was very interesting it was a very interesting afternoon it was funny just a side (laughs) side tangent uh knights made a bot that allows anybody in the the in the discord to like check their rank as far as posts are. Um, and this caused Phil Billy and filthy Phil to just meme the hell out of everything to try and be number one. So like anytime one of them ranks at like less than the other one, they just start memeing like crazy. It's freaking hysterical. Uh, I think I'm too low. If you want to be a part of this community, join our Discord. (laughs) If you want to watch all these weird, crazy memes, uh, then yeah, check this out. Okay, so you posted this. This was a a reveal from the game director at Anthem, who is calling it Anthem Next now, uh, which is supposedly this this thing that's been in works forever, which is we're going to redo Anthem so that everybody likes it. Uh, years after it came out. Um, so Bioware revealed a bunch of changes to loot's, uh, loot and weapons to the game. Um, so really quickly, I'm going to read this off for you. It also came with some cool images of guns that they're trying to like, um, like different ideas for guns and stuff. But this, uh, this reveal, it all centers around weaponry. So I'm just going to read these off real quick. Uh, Here are some of the changes uh, that uh, were outlined. Uh, Respect your time. Increase the frequency of loot drops. Loot is viable more often. All items have better and more competitive. Uh, There's still a chance of getting something exceptional. The loot rarities have strategic value throughout progression. Embrace choice. You can pursue specific loot without relying on randomness alone. Quests, specialized vendors, unique loot tables. Uh, I want to stop for a second and just speak on that. Um, Whether you like or hate Destiny, it's totally fair. I understand that. But Destiny occupies a space in the looter-shooter genre, where... which is very interesting. And Destiny does something right that everybody else fails at, and that's even Borderlands 3. You can actually, like, if you want to earn something really cool, you can actually pick the thing that you want to earn and do specific quests for that thing instead of just, like, farming somebody with a .000 chance of getting what you want. Um, That's huge. Every looter shooter should have that. It's really cool. It makes it more like a story about how you got your weapon too. Um, and 
that's what this is. Uh, so I'm very excited that they've talked about that. They then said you can modify your loot, including re-rolling inscriptions and leveling up items. Inscriptions being their kind of like anointments. Uh, they also said create a rewarding loot experience. Loot feels exciting and more noticeable when it drops. Uh, and is celebrated when collected. Rare enemies, aka walking treasure chests, create exciting moments uh, to get a burst of loot all at once. Uh, so kind of like a loot shower feel of Borderlands 3. They then said keep it accessible and immediate. Reveal and equip loot right away. A complete revamp of the equipment sheet, including the detailed stat sheet. Uh, the equipment sheet can be accessed from anywhere. Allows you to easily see what you have equipped in each slot. Each item has an inscription budget based on the power of rarity. Uh, no more useless items because they are missing must have inscriptions. Um, exceptional items are about getting the exact types of bonuses you want instead of maxing values on every bonus. And then scale for the future. Your power cap can be easily increased and the loot system scales accordingly. Advanced telemetry data allows us to identify trends and make meaningful balance changes. So those were the things that they outlined with this. Uh, so I want to talk about this with you a little bit, Neil. I know you're not a games of service guy, so put the uh, games of service hat on for a little bit for me, okay? Okay. Pretend you are one uh, a little bit more. Um, something that really bothers me about everything they've proposed, and I'm going to say right up front, loot was a big problem. Um, it was a big problem in the game because all the guns felt the same. They were, like they didn't even look different. Uh, you had like you had like eight different types of guns, and when you got a better one of it, it looked exactly the same. It just had better numbers. Um, so that was a big problem. It didn't shoot different. There wasn't anything special about it. Uh, so the loot was a problem, and all of these changes sound nice. But that was not the reason I stopped playing Anthem. The reason I stopped playing Anthem was actually the story content was not great. You would do the same missions over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, so, like, while I like all these changes to the loot system, I'm a little bit nervous that they're focusing on the loot part a little bit too much. Um. So, yeah, having not played Anthem at all, um, I would say that, like, for me personally, yeah, the story would have to be there. And I remember back with when they first announced it and showed everything, what they wanted to do, they wanted to have the base story, and then the story would come continue in updates right? right. Uh, and, like, seasons, maybe, right. even. Um that yeah, I know, I know you didn't play Anthem, but basically what ended up happening was you would finish the base story, which was actually decent. Like they needed a better twist at the end, but it was actually pretty decent. Um, and then you would just like do these like strongholds or event quests, and they would basically everything you hate about games of service that you think every games of service is is what Anthem ends up becoming. Ugh. Like, right, like. Like, that's the problem. Like, 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 while I feel like there's a lot of variation in Destiny, the thing that you hated was you kept just going back to the same things over and over again, right? Yeah. We talked about that. Uh, Anthem is that. You had, like, five things, and that's it. You could just do it over and over again. Um, and you could up the difficulty, but the upping of the difficulty didn't even make it – it just made everything super spongy. 
um, which didn't feel good at all either. Yeah. And like there are different types of difficulties out there for different types of games. The worst type of difficulty modifier is making you squishier and the enemies take more damage. Right. Like right. that is, that is just it's the worst. It, it's, it's worst. It's lame. You got to um, make, yeah, like make them smarter, make something dynamic about it. Like it just making a foot soldier be able to hit, be able to take 4 million points of damage. It's not fun. No. DMC actually did something along these lines to where they had a mode that unlocked after you beat the game to where you'd play back through and it totally remixed what enemies would spawn where so you would have totally different waves of enemies in different environments which totally changed everything up and usually right. they were beefier enemies from the late game and then later on in the game if you progress through after beating those enemies they would even they would have enemies that were even more difficult or throw in like a mini boss as a standard enemy Right, right. And that's, that's awesome. That's what I want to see. And I didn't see anything like that from this. And doesn't mean they're not working on story stuff. There has been some stuff that's come out that they're adding a whole other faction to the game. Um, pirates. Yeah, the pirates look really cool. And I like the idea that they might be like making it so that you don't have to just play for who you play for. You could actually play for different factions instead of them just being different looking enemies you know should be great one thing that really makes me nervous though about this and the way it's called and the way it's titled and it's timing is i don't know how they aren't like i know that they shouldn't but i don't know how they're not going to charge us money for this uh you know what i mean I, like I, i'm very I, nervous i feel like this should be just anybody who bought anthem gets this but i'm starting to be very nervous because we've got new systems coming out in november there's no way this is going to be done by then so that means they're probably also working on making all of this 4k compatible which means that it's going to be a bigger it's going to be like a sequel inside of a non-sequel you know what i mean so my thought process on this is that anthem did so poorly in the first place I think that they would actually make money if they brought people in with the update. So I think it might actually be a gamble on their part saying, hey, we're so confident in what we're doing that we are going to draw new players in as they were before. But I think what would end up happening is something that I actually kind of alluded to back when we talked about uh, Anthem not being great. It was about a year ago is right now, Anthem goes for like five dollars. Yes, yeah. nobody wants it. But what I think is going to end up happening <clears throat> is once this update comes out, and it's uh, like, hey, Anthem's good now. That price is going to shoot all the way up. That's what happened with No Man's Sky. Well, no I mean, Man's that's Sky, if it gets good. <clears throat> if it gets good, true. We we still haven't seen actual gameplay. No Man's and I'm Sky. I'm sure it's a way a ways out yet. No Man's Sky also had an interesting. Um, an interesting thing going for it was that it was exclusive for for the first half of its life. So True. like the the big the big update that made it kind of better that ever that put that price back up was actually their release onto Xbox in the first place too. Which of course did I'm sure did help it out. Yes, so that is did. that is a little bit different in that situation. Right. No Man's Sky 
I think No Man's Sky was more broadly adopted from the get-go than Anthem was. I mean, it no definitely Man's was. Sky, no Man's Sky and Anthem definitely saw a crazy dip in their player base mm-hmm. shortly after launch. So, <clears throat> I mean, they both had that going for it. And the exclusivity issue would definitely throw a wrench in this sort of prediction. Right. But I, I do think, saying, though. yeah, I do think though that Anthem it, it just bombed that hard. They're banking on this update being something that can bring people, new people into it who had not played Anthem originally. The next time you and I hang out, you should play Anthem. Like just like not to like convince you it's good or anything, just to play the fighting part because I think you'd be like, oh, I see why you want this to be good. You know what I mean? I honestly. I was super on board with it when they first showed it off. Like I was ready. I was like, we need to go. We need to throw money down on this thing right now. Like I was super ready to be invested in it. Even if, even though it was a games of service, because from what it had originally shown, like it looked good, like the flying and everything. I was like, just that on its own. I wouldn't even play the game. I just fly around the damn, the, the damn locations all the time. Right. Right. But then that beta came out. Yeah, the beta was rough. When that beta came out, everyone was like, oh my God, like there's nothing to do. There was like, I I have no idea what this is. I'm just remembering off the top of my head. I guess there was some gate that you had to open, but it was Mm -hmm. like impossible to do within the constraints. Mm -hmm. uh, And you needed people, like you had to, had to, had to play the game with people. And it's like, oh wow, this doesn't sound great. Maybe I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit. And then the- Well, what's what's even worse about the beta was the beta was made by a completely completely different division in the company. I don't know oh, if you realize I that. didn't know that. Oh but my God, up, why would you do that? Well, it actually wasn't a beta. Like if, if you remember, they never actually called it a beta. It was, uh, what was it called? It was a demo. They called it a demo. And what they ended up doing was they split off a team to just make that part with what they had already while the other team kept working on the game. So the people who finished the demo had nothing to do with finishing the original game. Oh, God. It, was, it was a completely different team. They called it a demo, which was a train wreck. And on top of that, they had huge server problems. And really, yeah. the games as service thing stems from a company that's never done games as service, working for a company that's forcing them to use an engine that they've never used before, uh, that's not really great for quick patches and updates, which you need with a games as service um, doing just there. They were just, nobody had any idea what they were doing basically. And they just decided to do it anyway. And uh, Oh, go ahead. I I mean, I, I, the flying was still good though, Neil. I tell you, man, the flying, like the flying is great. I still pop that in every once in a while just to fly around. But (laughs) I mean, the things that make me stop playing that game, it wasn't the loot. Like the loot, was terrible. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but I ran out of stuff to do. And the loading times between screens, like the game is so poorly optimized uh, because it's not graphically like the best thing you've ever seen. Like it's good. I'm not saying it's not, but like graphically it's just fine. But the loading times in between like leaving the, your like social hub and going into a mission was like five minutes Oh God. Yeah. Like it was huge. It was, it was huge. Uh, like very huge. But once you were in there, it was a lot of fun. And then like you run out of stuff, to do, you know? 
Yeah, I uh, uh, to just a, a brief diversion on this quickly. Uh, I, sure. I think the issues that plagued Anthem, a lot of the issues were not Bioware's fault. I'm gonna, I'll put my cat, my feather in that cap right now, because even before Anthem, they were forced to start using this Frostbite engine yep. with uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, which. We all saw what happened with Mass Effect Andromeda. Like what it ended up being in the end aside, the graphics were not good. And then to turn around and completely abandon uh, Mass Effect because it didn't turn out well, to throw those people and that, those resources towards yeah. pumping Anthem out, which didn't even have a clear vision until what was it like months before the game yeah. was supposed to even come yeah. out like and then push people into this and say all right we'll just make it work like i don't think that's that's bioware i think that's blood on ea's hands well um, i'm gonna tell you right now uh while i agree i think ea is soaked with blood on that one yeah. I got to say, man, Bioware, you need to stand up for yourself. Like, and, and that's, they got pushed around and they just let EA do it. You look at like um, Vince, oh, never remember his last name, Respawn guy. Um, okay. I don't know. Vince Lampella, I think. Uh, whatever. But the head of Respawn, he, produced, he got bought out by EA. Their company made great shit and they don't use the Frostbite engine because he told them to go to sit and spin so like there has to be a point where you stand up for your employees and the people that you work for uh and you say no we're gonna do this no we're gonna do it this way this is the way it has to be done and i think bioware got bought by ea and just let ea and just did anything eoa said from start to finish and look, we're about making money. They are your bosses now, but there has to be a point where you go in and you say, this game isn't going to work unless we do this. And, and they have to listen to you or they're going to lose the game. You know what I mean? Because when they don't, this happens. Yeah, and now, I mean, ever since what happened with Anthem, I mean, EA said, oh, Bioware's fine, they're okay, but EA has that history of just mm -hmm. shutting down studios yep. left and right just well studios that make good games well made good games so like well, I we mean, lost one of the biowares because the uh, one true of the was mass effect andromeda and they yeah. took that studio out which that was another thing that they should have stood up for they should have been like hey you forced us to rush this game out it's out it has problems let us fix it and let us do our jobs instead they just let them shut they let them cannibalize themselves you know yeah. And that's, you know, it's just not, I mean, don't get me wrong. EA is to blame more than Bioware, but I think Bioware should have stood up for itself a little bit on both those games, both these games. As far as Anthem goes, I, I really want it to be good. I think we're in a very weird spot though, because we've got new generation systems coming out in three months, four months. Um, and like, how does a game from two years ago fit into that? A game that did not do well two years ago fit into that, you know? True. Yeah, and that's... Like, I, I'm kind of honestly surprised we're seeing anything about it just because I'm kind of surprised that EA hasn't been like, we can't make money off this. Like, you're done, son, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It will.
Gaming Podcast. All right, that brings us to odds and ends, the segment we keep forcing in there, even though we keep promising we're going to skip it when we're running late. <clears throat> but apparently we just cannot run on time. Like, it's physically impossible. Impossible. <laughs> so uh, the, this is the place where we catch little stories that don't deserve a full talking point, and we just uh, give them a little shout-out or a discussion here. So, Neil, why don't you start us off? I only got two today. Uh, well, we, yeah, we both have two because we, we already covered the one with the halo. Yay. Um, so uh, here's one that's uh, kind of nightmare inducing for anyone who sank a lot of time into Animal Crossing. Uh, apparently, they rolled out the Dream Island update. So you can basically visit backups of people's islands now. So there's no more, you don't have to do an online connection to physically play with them. You can just be like, hey, let me onto your island. And you like download a backup of it. So you can like go screw around and play on the island, but it, you can't do anything meaningful on the island. Right. Well, uh, people, or at least one YouTuber, I uh, neglected to put the YouTuber down on here, has found out that uh, people are able to report people's dream islands and because the dream island is attached to your physical island if you get spammed with reports nintendo without any sort of appeal or arbitration will straight up delete your entire oh island. that is messed so, up oh yeah so just be careful out there on the interwebs kiddos uh, I, your entire quarantine island will get wiped I'm so glad because it asked me if I wanted to enable the uh, the the backup the yeah. other day, and I was like, "Nah, I'm not gonna do that." And now I'm so glad because I'm like, I, I'm not even on there. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, okay. That's scary. <laughs> well, my first one is uh, I don't know how many people out there played Sukiden. Okay, it is a super old PlayStation One and then PlayStation Two series of games: Sukiden One, Two, and Three. They are these crazy, like, hybrid uh, 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 turn-based role-playing games with uh, turn-based strategy in them as well. I love these games. I I've always loved them. And they're not in the genre that I like, but I like them because, like, every town has, like, three people you could just collect. Like, there's always, like, over 100 characters that you can collect and get on your team and, like, level up and stuff. They all interact differently with each other. I, I just love that. Usually there's like a castle that every time you get one, they build a, a room in the castle that's uniquely theirs. Um, well, the creators of the original Sukiden launched a kickstart for Yukiden, uh, which funded in less than 24 hours and beat its stretch goal by like three times the amount, I believe. Oh. Uh, so we will be getting a next-gen version, spiritual successor to Sukiden. Well, let's hope that it can shake the curse uh, of the crowdfunding. I mean, Bloodstained was able to do that for the most part, but yeah, I didn't like it, but that, I know a lot of people did. Yeah, I, I'm. There weren't very many success stories of crowdfunding games no. being overtly successful. No, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, though. Um. So, uh. Why don't you go ahead and do your last one? Because my, uh, my next one's, it's a thing. Okay. Uh, my next one is Out of Nowhere, this game that they barely showed, an Xbox exclusive from Rare, uh, that we all knew they were making 
Battletoads. They've been making the, the remake of oh, Battletoads yeah. forever. And, and no, like everybody was like, where is it? Because we knew it was coming. They've showed nothing from it. Well, guess what? It's coming out on the 20th. <laughs> just right into Games Pass. It's out. Uh, they didn't show anything. And then they just showed the announcement trailer. We got to see some gameplay. We got to see story. Uh, the whole nine yards. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a small little fun project that they put together. So I'm kind of excited to play that. I played Battletoads as a kid with my brother. Uh, I could never get past the turbo jet part. Uh, but, I don't uh, think anybody could. Nick did. Nick did. A couple what? Of Nick is crazy. Like Nick, oh my god! Nick has this weird like focus to him, where like once he decides he's got to do something, that's the thing he's got to do until he does it, and then he'll move on to something else. But like he'll just keep doing it until he does it. I think he memorized that whole thing and finally figured out a way through it. Um, but I'm I'm kind of excited about this one, so I'm going to be trying it out and probably. Yeah, I saw the trailer too, and uh, I I think it's interesting because they're going to do. Uh cross genres yeah yeah. so it's not just gonna be one single thing well i mean the original kind of was too i mean you had the brawler but you also had that weird turbojet thing you know that's true so i I just hope they don't make any scenes as hard as that original one was or it won't be accessible i don't yeah i don't think they will so um yeah your last one let's let's so my last one uh we're just going to have to make sure that when I, when I go through this, that we keep the time in mind. Uh, so this morning, actually, uh, right before we recorded, uh, we had heard rumors about a uh, Sony state of play that's going to happen in August. And uh, Microsoft apparently has one at some point, too. And... Uh, <clears throat> We had mentioned briefly that there was speculation that we were going to get price and a uh, God of War announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Barlog has already said that's not going to be a thing, so there's not going to be any God of War. But hey, maybe the price is going to come out. Nope. Um, scheduled for August 6th is the next Sony State of Play. And they said in the announcement for this state of play that there will be no major ps5 announcements that it is going to focus strictly on ps4 and psvr are you shitting me so that basically confirms now unless they just decide to throw the price out there that we're not going to get a price for the ps5 in august either i I don't want to get started. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. We're already I, running late. I, I know. I'm so mad right now. I, I don't want to get started. I, 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 like, I can't. I can't not. I cannot fathom. Like, and they're only doing PlayStation. They're not even doing. I, I can't. They said can't. that they, they yeah. might, that it's going to be 40 minutes long, and it's going to just briefly check in with some other things that they had mentioned about uh, possible games for the PS5, but it's not going to be a show that includes major announcements. So, I mean, I guess this is an opportunity for Microsoft if their show in August here is like, okay, we're showing you Lockhart and you're getting prices. They can finally, finally, finally get back into step with what's going on with this generation. But even still, we, we're now going to be entering August. 
we know Microsoft's next cons uh, conference won't even be until at least next month because this one just got confirmed for, what is it, Thursday. So they aren't going to throw it out there any less than like a week in advance. So we're probably looking at the end of August for even Microsoft's conference to possibly learn anything about this stuff. Absolutely shameful. It is, it is I, I, absolutely the most horrible, insensitive, terrible thing. I do not understand why there is not more outcry about it. This is something that we should have known during E3. E3 week has come and gone for months. We don't know what these systems cost and half of us can't even work right now. It is, it's, oh man, like I, mm. I, I, yeah, I, I cannot, I cannot imagine their thought process as to why got they a president think that this out is okay. there threatening to shut down TikTok. Don't worry about TikTok. Make the game companies tell us how much these consoles are going to be. <laughs> that, that's that's the executive truly, order I want to see. That's what's truly important. <laughs> that's it. Like sign an executive order for that, man. That's what I want. They must tell you how much they're charging you. This is absolutely shameful, man. Shameful. I uh, yeah. There are, I, there are people in quarantine right now, and you yeah. want to set, hawk them, oh. and possibly going back into. I mean, we're we're getting back to the point to where everything yeah. could shut back down again, especially yeah. in the winter time. Well, and stuff stuff is winter. still shut down in certain states, you know. Yeah. And 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 whether or not, hey. Anybody out there, whether or not you believe in COVID, whether or not you believe in masks, you, you will agree that there are people out of work right now because of this situation. So the fact that we don't know how much they cost is just, God, it's terrible. It's terrible, especially in a console generation when we're going to all have to buy new TVs. Like, come on, man. If No. I'm gonna I, I was about to say, I mean, we're already late. Stop you right there. Push us, push us on, and we will just pick this little nugget back up maybe next week. We're yeah, just gonna maybe. push on. Through. I'm so sick of talking about this too. Like it's like it's it's like the same thing every time. Like they come out with news about it, and I I say the same like fourteen things over and over again. You know, it's just it's so frustrating. It's so fu I'm so I've never been happier to be going PC. When the time comes, I'm gonna buy a PC. I'm, I'm never gonna look back at this. He said, she said, chicken bullshit. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't even care if we go late. I'm going to tell you this right now. <laughs> Anybody out there who's like, console war is dead. It's not fucking dead because these fucking assholes can't get off their goddamn chairs for long enough to tell us what the price is because they don't want to be the first one to blink. That's all this is, is two idiots in a car driving at each other at 90 miles per hour, and neither one of them wants to look like a pussy in front of their girlfriend. That's what this fucking is, and I'm so <laughs> sick of it. We are in 2020. No one cares about the console shit anymore. Just move the fuck on, tell us how much your system costs, and hope it sells. You know, I, I since we're just going to take a little bit of time at this point, we may as well just talk about this briefly a bit more because, like you said, we're already going over. So I don't, I don't just, know if I have anything more to say about it. I, I mean, I, well, I was just—I mean, I was just going to add to it. It's like, uh, you know, to use your analogy, these cars are 
getting at each other. And honestly, I, I'm starting to believe that there's, there's a chance that these two might just, nobody's going to hit the brakes. They're going to crash. Yeah. They're both going to have their yeah. prices come out now, theoretically in September. Well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you if I'm wrong and these, these consoles are 600 and 550 uh, and they don't tell us what it is until September or October, then they're in trouble. Because I that's, don't think they're going to sell the systems that they think they're going to sell. And that's exactly what I was going to kind of lean into was the fact that we have these people, like you said, like people are out of work still. I mean, it's a big ask to even want a console at this point, yep. you know, even $400 for a new console. I mean, like I said, I've been fortunate enough that <clears throat> with everything going on, we managed to save money. Right. for getting a console and that's set off to the side. But again, as time marches on, like I'm starting a new job, you know, then I'm taking a little bit of a pay cut to do that. There's a chance right. as time continues that I'm going to have to touch that money. Yeah. If, you know, if we right. keep screwing around and waiting to see what's going to end up happening. Uh, you know, uh, we, we got lucky through this thing too, but I have friends who have had to really make cutbacks you know, because of this stuff, like it's not, you know what, Phil Spencer, I don't know what the chances are that you listen to this show. And I don't know if you've ever heard this show or know who I am or who Neil is or give two shits in a jar. I don't. But I tell you this right now, you go on the air every time you get on any one of your showcases or any one of your stages and you tell us how much you care about us, how much you care about us as consumers and players. Well, guess what? It's time to do the right thing and tell us how much these consoles cost, okay? And this isn't a normal year. This isn't a year where you can do this, where you can play chicken with this stuff. People out there don't have the money for this, and we need to know how much this is. It's the right thing to tell us. And if you really care about this, if you're out there and you're listening to this, and you really care about us, you will tell us how much these systems cost, okay? You just will, Phil. And I, I actually have believed in you for a long time, a long time. You are easily my role model in the developer space. So please, please, please make me write about you and tell us how much these systems are. Please. Okay? And if this is the first time that you're listening, Mr. Spencer, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, that brings us to the end of the show, the Horrible Arena, the moment you guys have all been waiting for. What is the Horrible Arena if you've never watched the show? Well, first of all, you should watch the show more often. Second of all, me and Neil will pitch you a game based on pre-existing criteria that one of us has decided. We take turns so that everybody gets the home field advantage. We'll pitch you the title of the game, the summary of the game, and the developer of the game. And then you get to take to all the places and decide which one you'd spend your hard-earned money on if you had to choose. And then next week, we decide a winner. So the quantum coin has been tossed. Neil gets to go first this week. Neil, the, the criteria, which we failed to announce in the show last week, is a Zelda spinoff that does not involve Link as the protagonist. Take it away. All right. So uh, I think it goes without saying that this is going to be made by Nintendo. Um, and uh, 
in the entire storyline continuity of the Legend of Zelda series, it was not until I believe the Twilight Princess game that it was established that Link is basically a reincarnation of uh, one of the pieces of the Triforce. Uh, he's always dubbed the hero in whatever generation that he shows up in. He's always the link, as it were, between all of the previous story. And then, of course, we had Ganon or Ganondorf and Princess Zelda. And we have also established that there is a crazy timeline uh, in where there are various branches based off of if the hero of time is either successful or unsuccessful in stopping uh, the threat at hand. I am going to put mine firmly in the timeline where the hero is not successful and is killed. Um, in my game, uh, after uh, or in the timeline of Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, Link is actually killed, and he his reincarnation is not sent to one of his ancestors his reincarnation is sent further on and is lost within time and finds its way into a modern era it finds its way into a modern era in which uh, the successors of ganon ganondorf have been very successful in building their own view of what the world is and is a leader in the world, be it of a corporation or of a political head. And he has over time captured and basically brainwashed uh, Princess Zelda's uh, descendants into being obedient to him. This story will focus on your protagonist, either male or female, holding the Triforce of Courage, going through and trying to set things right, severing the connection between the two other pieces of the Triforce and trying to reinstate the proper timeline. Uh, um, this game would be set in the future. It would be more so like, it would have like hover bikes and stuff like that. It would be in like a neon jungle sort of deal. Uh, very neon jungle, concrete jungle sort of vibe to it. Uh, I wouldn't say so much as like cyberpunk, but definitely futuristic dystopia in which these different, all of the different bosses that you would have to take out would be heads of either gangs or other corporations and you would work your way up to Ganon or Ganondorf uh, and save the world, the timeline, and the city from his influence. Um, and uh, I'm going to call my project, uh, I didn't even think of a name for this because I was so focused on the pitch itself. Uh, I'm gonna call it Cronus. And that's my pitch. All right. Good pitch, Neil. Very, very interesting. Very different. Uh, not what I'm going to pitch at all. So don't worry Thank about God. that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Not even close. All right. All right. So for my pitch, my pitch will be named Project Low Rule. Uh, and it will actually not be developed by Nintendo. I think they need to partnership up and uh, give the reins to another company that's similar that could do something interesting with it. So I want it to be Capcom. 
um, mainly because of how they did Monster Hunter World and, and how they're good at that kind of thing. So They did Minish Cap, too. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, uh, so what's my game? What's Project Low Rule? Well, there is a Nintendo DS game that is, I don't know, kind of beloved. I'm not sure. Uh, called A Link Between Worlds. Uh, the premise, spoilers for that. It's required in the premise of my game, just letting everybody know. Uh, the premise of it is that there is actually an alternate dimension that it sits basically next to Hyrule called Low Rule, where everything is kind of like bizarro opposite land. Uh, their princess, Hilda, uh, basically they destroyed the Triforce years and, years and years and years and years and years and years ago to stop all the wars that, uh, that Hyrule suffers. Um, Hyrule finds a way to find kind of a piece without doing that, whereas Low Rule just destroys it. Well, because they destroy it, just like monsters come and evil comes and just their, their world is just corrupted and twisted. So the plot of A Link Between Worlds is Link has to go back and forth between the worlds. Uh, and and basically, basically, Hilda does some dirty stuff, tricks Link into coming over, helping her, uh, summon Ganon so that she can steal the Triforce from Hyrule and fix Low Rule. Well, that doesn't work out. Hilda sees the errors of her ways. Link returns to Hyrule. You get one wish, though, when you put the Triforce together, so they wish that Low Rule gets its own Triforce. So, Low Rule gets a Triforce, and basically, a Link Between Worlds ends all happily. Uh, however, we in the real world know that's not what happens. That's just not what happens. Just because you have the thing to fix your world doesn't mean your world's fixed. So, now you have a Triforce in Low Rule. It's spread out over Low Rule. You also have the bits and pieces of an original Master Sword, because there would have been one there, too, as well. So, you get to make a character character from start, female or male. Uh, it's a complete character creator. And then you get to venture out into low rule and you get to decide low rules fate. You get to hunt monsters for, to craft uh, uh, bigger and better weapons. Uh, you get to search catacombs to find pieces of the new Triforce, uh, find pieces of the new Master Sword. All the things that existed in Hyrule exist in low rule, but in weird different places, and uh, they have different powers and different twists on them. So this game becomes that. You add this interesting multiplayer to it as well, because you can actually go in with like four of your friends who have also made their characters, because low rule isn't about having one hero who just keeps coming back to fight evil. Low rule is more like our world, where there's just evil, and there's just people who are willing to fight it. So are you willing to help Low Rule become great? Are you willing to link together with the other people to fight off the monsters and make Low Rule uh, uh, a great kingdom to live in once more? So that's my game, Project Low Rule. And there you guys have it, Project Low Rule versus Project Kronos. Two interesting pitches. We want to hear from you guys as to which ones you would pick. Horrible Gaming Podcast. That brings us to the end of the show. Uh, and this is the place where we shamelessly self-promote ourselves. So, Neil, do you have any plugs before I tell people where they can talk to us? Well, we are going to be going in and wrapping up the season of Streets of Retro and yeah. OMG Dungeons here in the next few days. 
Yeah, that's true. August is going to be big for season finales. We're probably going to be wrapping up uh, season finale, the the season finale of Streets of Retro, and the season, and probably the series finale of Minecraft Dungeons. Uh, so September will be interesting. Uh, and then we got to get an OMFD coming up on Saturday. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so. Uh, for us, as usual, you can contact us on Facebook at Old Man Gaming DH. You can contact us on Twitter at Old Man Gaming 9. You can join our Discord. The link is in the description below. You can influence this and all of the shows we have here on the channel. And we just like to hear from you. We like to talk to you guys. Um, and uh, yeah, as usual, you guys keep watching and listening. We will keep making these uh, and we will keep making them too long. 